It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! This week, starring special guest star Mr. Stephen Memel. Yeah, baby. And thank you, fake audience. Thank you, fake band. Say hello to the folks in the chat room real quick, and then we're going to get right to it because we've got a ton of stuff to cover. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Hope you guys are great. Hope you had a great weekend. It is hot as hell in Los Angeles. Um, I had to run over to the office on Saturday. It was 109 where I live, and a mere nine miles away at the office, it was actually 116 degrees in beautiful uh, Calabasas, California. So, whew, and guess what? The air conditioner for the upstairs of our home is dead meat. It's been out for three nights, uh, having a hard time getting the AC people to come out, and I'm hoping that it's not a compressor because, or compressor, condenser, whatever it is, something with a C. Those cost three to $4,000, so we're hoping it is just a capacitor or something that's only gonna cost a hundred or two. Anyway, uh, that's all the excitement out here. So uh, let me see. Uh, everybody, yeah, I'm not gonna go down the list and say hello to everybody because it eats up a lot of time and I know that you guys are all there. Great to see you. Um, I've got to say, today's guest, Stephen Memel, uh, I watched him at the road rally about, gosh, had to be like 10 years ago now. Um, we had an act, a really good, like, modern folk act, a husband and wife team named Mike and Ruthie. And uh, as talented as they were as musicians and songwriters, they didn't have great stage presence. So I asked them if they would be guinea pigs for Stephen Memel uh, on stage, and uh, they said, sure. And he had them like flopping around and doing all this weird stuff. And five to 10 minutes later, he totally transformed them to the point where they were not just good or passable on stage, but they were incredibly awesome on stage. And then a couple days after the road rally, they did a live show here in Los Angeles. And the, the staff, I think the entire staff and I went to see them and they were amazing on stage. So I've got to hand it to Memo, man. He is uh, so talented. Um, I've spoken at many of his classes over the years. At one point when uh, our daughter Hannah was a singer songwriter, um, I actually paid him, didn't even ask for a freebie because he's so good he should get paid for what he does. And had Hannah go work with him, I don't know, half a dozen times or something, and he did great work with her. So uh, I, I've met so many taxi members over the years that have used him. And uh, I, I reached out to him recently for something completely unrelated and said, hey, you haven't been on the show in a while. Um, do you have anything new you want to talk about? And he said, yeah, actually I do. Uh, home concerts um, are quite, you know, quite the thing now. They're all the rage. A lot of people are doing them. And I think that uh, some people, a lot of people could use pointers on how to do them better and make them uh, more effective. 
So that's what we're going to do today. So without any further ado, <laughs> yes, I'm using the Roadcaster. Um, I'm all wired up here. And uh, hopefully this all works. Let me get Mr. Memo on the phone. Hello? Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good, Michael. How are you? I'm good. Are we on? Yep. <laughs> yep, just trying out. The... It's a friendly call in the afternoon on a Monday. Right. Um, let me get you up. I've got you as loud as you can go on my end. So if you could get a little closer to the phone. Oh, yeah. Um, let me take it off the speaker for a second and see if that's better. Okay, hold okay. on. How's that? I think it's good. Uh, keep talking. Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. The other thing I can do is try um, a Bluetooth, which might be even better. Should uh, I do that? Actually, no, you're fine right now. Okay, great. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Stephen Memel. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Oh, I just forgot I got to get one document off. So, um, everybody talk amongst yourselves for just a moment. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, what I can do is uh, I'll have you on speaker for just a moment while I pull that up. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, Michael, whenever yeah. you're ready. I am ready. So, um, okay. So I want to give this a little preface. I just told everybody before you came on the show how incredible uh, you were that year that you had Mike and Ruthie on stage at the road rally and completely transformed them. Um, and uh, I mean, I've always been a fan. I think I've known you for like 15 or 20 years, but that was the moment where I went, wow, this guy actually really, really knows what he's doing. The fact that you could make them so much better in like 10 minutes was just mind blowing to me. Um, anyway. Um, Thank you, Michael. Thank you. You're, of course, you're a pro. So feedback like that from you is always uh, welcome and cherished. Well, thank you. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't get carried away by calling me a pro, but sure, if you want to, why not? No, so, <laughs> you don't want to um, be the mislead the taxi uh, audience, right? That's right. Um, okay. So, I had already given everybody a, a little, you know, like prequel to what you're going to be doing today. Um, uh, people are saying the sound is still a little bit faint, and I've got you. Let me see if I've got any more volume on my phone. I'm gonna. I, I um, I think I can solve this. Hang on one second. And and by the way, uh, hang on one second. Let me do this first. Uh, Actually, you sound really good right now. Really? Yeah. Oh well, if I do, that's perfect then. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, it's funny. Some people are, now he's loud, now he's soft. But yeah, everybody's saying that's better. So you're good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, I, Stephen is well known in the industry for having coached um, big, big, I mean, like major rock stars. He works with a lot of big actors and stuff. So when I asked him, uh, you got anything new to talk about? And he said, home concerts. I went ding, 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 uh, because... 
I get emails probably three, four times a month now from taxi members that are doing uh, home concerts. And every now and then I'll go check them out. And I'm, uh, it's like the music is better than the performance. Uh, it's usually better than the lighting. It's usually better than the audio. I mean, it's like the music is the best thing, which is the way it should be. But the other stuff is weak by comparison. So I'm basically just going to turn the show over to Stephen, and I'm going to sit here and take notes uh, along with you guys. And he's just going to lay it all out, and then we'll do some Q&A with him at the end. So uh, if you would, tell us what's on your mind. Okay. Well, um you know, one thing I would I would say is that if you even turn on the news these days, you're going to hear uh, major networks, news networks, with glitches in sound or video uh, because it's still new for everybody and our imaginations sometimes exceed what the technology is capable of doing at this moment right it, it, and it, it won't be that for long because it's now not gee that would be nice but it's we need this to happen um and uh and so for, first of all it should give you a little bit of comfort if you do things and you're trying out new stuff and it's a little awkward though i'll cover more about that later on but it's acceptable and and the most important thing to do is not get flustered when it happens to say this is happening you know and deal with it and and your audience usually is going to be uh, more than happy to uh, go along with you because they're aware of the situation um, now that being said I think there's a lot of mindset things that are really important to consider when we're talking about virtual concerts and some of you may relate to some of this others to other things but i think it's very very important because how you go into this is going to make a big difference in the way that you come up with your solutions and if we're looking at it as this great loss of live performance then we're going to be much less resourceful than if we're looking at it as what an amazing opportunity to innovate and what an amazing chance to distinguish ourselves from the rank and file by doing something that nobody else has done and it doesn't have to be a big thing I'll give you examples as we move along but it can be the smallest thing and when you start really getting hip to I mean I don't know how much any of the people who are listening have explored this but it's it's a vast vast open field out there so I think there are three things that are really really important to keep it top of mind when you're facing this oh and before I go on, I just want to give you a little overview that I'm going to be covering this mindset piece. I'm going to be then talking about uh, uh, how you want to prepare, what were some overall major tips about doing virtual concerts. Then we're going to go into some technical aspects of streaming platforms and 
um, what's called AVL, which are the three most important things to consider, which is audio, visual, lighting. And then, and that's on the tactical end. And then I'll move into giving general show tips about how to run your show. And then uh, the purpose of your show, the structure, performance tips, wardrobe, makeup, you know, I mean, and then of course, the most important thing of all is you got to get eyeballs. If they're not in front of the screen, then you ain't being seen. So uh, hopefully you have more than just the eyeballs there. The whole person is a good idea to get. Otherwise, it's pretty gruesome. But, it, you know, you need butts and seats in some form. Um, so uh, that's kind of the overview. And, and Michael, how much time do we have? It's an hour, right? Uh, an hour and 15 minutes from right now. Okay, great. So I just want to make sure I keep things moving and cover stuff and and leave time for questions as well. Um, and and then I have a little bit of a uh, nice wrap up for you as far as how to be creative and some tips for getting creative with all this stuff. Now, okay. here's, here's the uh, three major things that I was going to uh, I want to give you first of all this ain't over everybody knows that but I thought people were smoking crack from day one about their um, when it was going to end and this to me was and is the most amazing vivid example of people operate on what they want to believe not what really exists in the world. And uh, if you looked at the headlines today, I think it was North Carolina. Uh, yeah, North Carolina, uh, a university that opened one week ago, uh, just closed down because there were, were, were numerous outbreaks of, of coronavirus, COVID-19, and it's just not feasible. There are places where it is, but we're going to see that go up and down. So this ain't over by a long stretch. Uh, I think, you know, nobody knows for sure, but I think we're going to be underwater with this in some way, shape or form until at least the end of 2021. Um, so and that doesn't mean it's black and white. One day it's on, one day it's off. It's going to be gradual. So it's right. not going away. So, oh, sorry, it's, it ain't over. And another very important thing to think about is that when you look at the changes that are happening, remote work, virtual concerts, all these various things, to me, what this has done is it has compressed the timeline of changes that we would have made anyway because the world just is going to move more to remote work. The world is gonna to move to more, you know, virtual everythings, they're gonna innovate. But it wasn't, it, it moved from a nice to have to we gotta do this to survive. Yeah, I sure now, wouldn't wanna be a uh, commercial real estate broker right now. Oh my goodness. And I have a very dear friend who is, 
quite quite in in that area and it's just got to be devastated you know yeah. um so uh the the highest number of bankruptcies ever recorded i believe is what's going on right now in general in business right um and we're not done by a long shot uh, so um but but in the process the the upside of it is that what's changed is not going away because since this stuff is compressed there's a lot of innovation happening and in the process people are exploring things that they wouldn't necessarily have before now they needed to survive and they're discovering hey some of this is better than it was and so so uh, if you want to ever see something that's a, a very negative predictor and see the uh, perception of somebody who I think is um, operating in a vacuum, there's an article, and I rarely would ever do this, but it's just so remarkable to me. Remote work is not here to stay. It's on the platform medium. And uh, it's just, I, I mentioned it because it's a fascinating read about people saying this can't work, that can't work, and making the negative predictions, but we all know once something's gone one direction, it tends to stay there. Um, so, I, I mean, Michael, first of all, I think everybody should give Michael a, a applause because how long ago did you start live streaming? About 11 years ago, I think. <laughs> about 11 years ago uh would that be called a little bit ahead of your time well twice in my life i've been ahead of my time once with the the whole concept for taxi and rolling it out and i guess live streaming yeah but i can't take credit for being a genius i started live streaming because one of my kids called me to tell me hey dad there's this live video of baby birds hatching on somebody's windowsill <laughs> And it was on a, a platform called Ustream, which I'd never even heard of. And I went to watch these birds and there was a red button that said uh, broadcast now. And I hit the button and my camera light lit up on my laptop. I just started talking and that was the beginning 11 years ago. And, and you see, I think that's, that's very, very much the mindset that I'm going to keep encouraging everybody to have. Instead of thinking, oh, I can't, or this is hard, or a lot of people have thrown up their hands uh, around, oh, no more live music. And uh, it, 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 of course it's different. Of course there's wonderful things to being in the presence of people, but what an opportunity to focus on the other, you know? Um, and you took the opportunity, Michael, when you found out about that, you said, well, heck, that sounds interesting. How long did it take you to push that button? Um, less than 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> After you heard about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I opened up the screen and I thought watching these baby birds hatch is a little interesting, but I couldn't ignore the red button that was about, you know, an inch and a half, two inches wide and a half inch tall. Uh, broadcast now, it's like, really? Okay, I'll try right. it. And it worked, yeah. That's right, and, and for everybody, some of us are more like that than others. Some of us are driven to our detriment, uh, <laughs> and I would say it might be, uh, into looking 
and everything the minute I hear about it. I'm just fascinated by it. But you can cultivate a reasonable amount of it, and it's curiosity, and it's realizing that uh, mistakes and uh, screwing up and first tries, uh, that's, that's what it's about. So you've got to cultivate that willingness to make the mistake. And I once heard the adage in an acting context of you're only going to be as good as you're willing to be bad. Right. And I don't you find that true, Michael? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've been uh, plugging um, Stephen Pressfield in his books. I don't know if you've read them, but I'm guessing you probably have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be our uh, keynote interview at the virtual road rally this year. And, and yeah, he makes that point as well. You know, it's it, people can sit around and dwell about it and think about it and never get to it. And you just have to be willing to fail to succeed. Right. That's right. That's right. And even and I would say it like that, too. But if I was going to be really rigorous with myself, I'd have to uh, say, well, wait a second. You can't say you've got to be willing to fail. You've got to be w willing to do something. Because, yeah. um, y you know, there's a kind of a crass way, which I won't use, of saying what I'm going to rephrase. But you've got to have something to improve upon it. And a lot of people want the thing that's at the end of the road or much further along the road than creating that first thing that they need to improve upon. Right. And uh, so it's just building the tolerance for that and going for it. So uh, it ain't over. What's changed ain't going away. And do you want to be on the front end of the curve or on the back end? And I'll share something, a little conversation I had at the road, road rally with Pat Patterson, uh, whom, whom I adore, um, just such a great guy. And, uh, and we were sitting, I think it was a few years ago, and, excuse me, taking a sip. And, um, you know, the, the music industry has been, obviously, in some turmoil with lots of opportunities and lots of difficulties over the last number of years and more even more tough now and i said to pat uh, and i had come to some of my own conclusions already but i'm curious i asked pat pat how do you feel when we're sitting here and we're making our livings by coaching people and helping them develop and we're doing it in an atmosphere and environment where it's more difficult than ever to really be successful. How do you rationalize that as, as not taking advantage of people? And he said something that has stuck with me all these years and has been instrumental in many other circumstances, influential, you know, which is, he said, sooner or later, they're going to figure this thing out. And when they do, do you want to be ready to hit the ground running? Or do you want to go, oh, now they got to go and let me start figuring it out. Right. And that's not a rationalization. That is sage advice. 
And so, um, it, you know, for me as a coach, uh, you know, I came to the conclusion that nobody's life was ever less rich for being able to perform and mastering something. So, but anyway, moving on, that just is a very, very good way to, I think, certain things to keep at the top of mind. Now, um, let's go on to, um, there's a great article in, um, in uh, NPR that I found, which is uh, very, very interesting. And I, I highly recommend that if you're really about moving your career forward, moving your music forward during this time, it's a good one to read and will lead to many other places. It's called How Live Music is Coping and What the Near Future Will Bring. And um, it raised a number of very interesting things about what's happening in terms of live music in the world right now. And also it happens to give an incredible example of writing and storytelling, which everybody is really uh, would do well to heed because one of the things that you've got to do when you have concerts, final analysis is you need people there. So promotion is incredible. And the best promotion is the best story. So, uh, and Michael, I know you know that because you've read every copywriting book and marketing book <laughs> on the planet, and uh, and you write tremendous copy. You know? Thank you. And, yeah, it's, so it's definitely a passion of mine. Uh, if only I could write a song. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll have you. I'll have you playing one at the next road ride. Um, but anyway. Uh, I'm just going to read you the first uh, paragraph of this. Starts out, Colin Pate was toiling away at his North Philadelphia recording studio in late June when he received an unbelievable text message. Secret show at Johnny Brenda's tonight, 6.30. Like so many places, the beloved Philly music venue has been shuttered since the COVID-19 pandemic first flared up in March and so on and so forth. So it goes on to follow this guy Colin Pate a little bit, but the article could have just as easily said, there was this secret show they did at Johnny Brendo's. Well, of course you're gonna be interested in that, but how much more active and alive are you when you center around one person's experience and, and their emotional life being surprised by this incredible beacon of light coming out of the darkness. Right, Michael? Yes. Okay. So anyway, um, Johnny Brenda's, I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, is really a cultural institution. And there are so many of those that are literally having to shut down. It's sad. Now, I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. I said it, it's sad. It's heartbreaking to hear it these stories. It yeah. is. And they're really cultural institutions. They're nothing short of that. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's an existential crisis for these 
venues and the critical role they play in music scenes and communi communities uh, across the U.S. And here are some others. There's uh, the Barracuda in Austin, the Satellite in Los Angeles, Portland's Port City Music Hall. Um, they're at high risk. What's interesting is that the venues have banded together into what's called the National Independent Venue Association. Okay. And they are seeking federal intervention. And it says that as many as 90% of indie music venues could disappear during this time unless uh, the government intervenes with something like the Restart Act or Save Our Stages Act. So, uh, you know, we, we need that. So if you're a, a congressman writing sort of person, do that. Um, but I think people will survive. I think they'll find ways when we're pushed up against the wall, we do. I think that also really should light a fire underneath us again and say, hey, well, what can I do to, you know, make lemonade out of lemons? So, so let's start looking at what's possible. Well, one thing, this, this uh, Johnny Brenda's, what they did, although it kind of got shut down from doing it for other reasons, but instead of just fighting to turn their lights back on in the venue, they, there was a band that decided to take the loudspeakers and their gear up onto the roof. And they did everything on the roof. They did social distancing. They, of course, had a smaller audience. They were in the air, so the chances of any transmission highly less likely. And it was very successful. Uh, now, I'm not saying that's the solution, but it's one of the things people are doing. Another thing that is not necessarily out of reach of everybody but it's certainly a more expensive option is some artists are uh, commandeering drive-in movie theaters hmm. and they're doing their uh, show live streamed to the big screen and people are in their cars you know and if i've gone to drive-in movies a couple of times in the last several months which is wonderful um and they even put the cars a space apart and you listen to the movie, or in this case, the concert, on uh, your uh, on the uh, device, your radio, or whatever. So it's wonderful. Now, of course, again, not everybody can do that, but maybe that idea will spark an idea in your head that isn't quite as grand, but might be useful. Um, so here's another overview. Thing. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty now, but okay. one thing I got to talk about is test, test, test. Do not wait until the last minute unless that's the way you operate and you have to wait until the last minute or else you won't do it. There are people like that, but I would urge you to test having been a last-minute person <laughs> versus uh, the alternative. Oh my God, what a joy it is to have some preparation. Like even doing this today, the preparation time that I've put in makes it so much more of a pleasure. And 
just lower your anxiety one little bit and test <laughs> and, and to support yourself in doing that. How long have you been putting off doing virtual concerts because there's no audience or it's so hard to get people or whatever things are? Um, well, if it's been six months or three months or four months, whatever, uh, then putting it off a little bit longer to rehearse and test and get everything, all your ducks in a row, not perfect, is good enough, is a good thing to do. So people, here's what people need to do. You need to rehearse better in general. Um, I can go into detail about rehearse, what rehearsing better is, but I'm going to move along now and we can bring that up later if anybody's interested. All right. But people do, do not do efficient rehearsing. Um, people need to prepare more thoroughly. Um, I was in a, a group of professionals at one time um, where we were putting something together, uh, master talent teachers and the head person of it said, Stephen, why don't you take care of that? Just take a minute. And I said, nothing just takes a minute. And we laughed and it was spontaneous, but how true that is. It only seems like it might take a minute because we haven't really deeply considered what are all the working pieces? What are the things that I wouldn't consider? Uh, you know, and I can give examples of that later, but you need to prepare more thoroughly, which means the third thing, which is you need to think things through more thoroughly. Okay. Um, so what that means is anticipate, 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 take notes when you do your trial runs and then solve that particular issue instead of like the inefficient rehearsal stuff, which I can talk about that musically rehearsing too, but instead of going, well, let's do the show again, let's try to fix that while we're doing the show. No, practice doing it. I once as an experiment to make it easier for me to shoot video, decided I was gonna work on it elementally. So I spent a couple of days just pulling out the tripod, setting up the tripod, putting down the tripod, putting it back. And I did that a number of times each time. And it became a fluid motion. And yeah, we can do it. We know how to do a tripod. I know how to do a tripod. I've set a million up, but I hadn't worked it to the point where it became a non-issue, you know? And all I can say is try something like that sometime. And I can give you details on that, but try something like that sometime and you understand what I mean. So I'm trying it right now. You're you're my guinea pig for the taxi road rally. You know, in two and a half months, you're the first phone call that I've put through the roadcaster. So yeah, I'm I doing exact. Yeah, I love that. And and uh, you know, uh, if I may share, you you called me a little bit earlier, and you did two calls where you, you couldn't reach me. Do you want to ex explain what happened? Yeah, I was calling Stephen uh, to, to do an audio level check, and uh, I had the phone plugged in, but didn't have uh, the roadcaster properly routed to the laptop yet. And I made two or three calls. I could see the meters moving, so I was heartened by that. And being a retired audio engineer, I know, okay, well, sound coming in is good. Now I know uh, where to go, you know? Um, right, and then you got me on the third. Yeah. 
And me, I just thought Michael was pocket dialing me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, Michael? Michael? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So how did you feel when that was happening? Um, I, it was a good test of my deodorant. <laughs> right. Because it's going to be like that no matter what. Because, you know, 40 minutes later, you, we had to be doing this. Yeah. So it's just learning how to cope with those moments better. And you will learn how to cope with those moments better if you don't just learn, if you don't just plow your way through, but you actually stop and become aware of that happened. What's a good policy? What's a better policy than what I, what happened to me when those things happen? And, you know, you, you may choose to do that kind of stuff. I do, but you may not. So another thing is, You've got to have your awareness uh, as you're doing your concert. You need to notice things that are working and notice things that are not working and either have somebody there and having somebody there is always a benefit, a close friend, girlfriend, wife, somebody who's living with you or whatever, and scribing. So you don't even have to do it. Say, please write down, it was fantastic when I X'd. Um, or this happened because you're not going to remember that uh, later on and it might be one of those hitches that happens six times and you go, oh god, I gotta remember to fix that well, why go through that? And, and there's a really important aspect to all this which is, it's live It's you know, many of the things you're going to talk about today with, with the, the video and the lighting and the audio that stuff is absolutely pertinent if you're just videotaping yourself to do, you know, a, a pre-taped concert. But to do right. it live, you, there are always things that will go wrong. Always. Yep. So count on it, you know. Um, maybe tally up how many things go wrong each concert, just as, as a statistical analysis. Right. Yeah, even you if know? you're playing a bar gig, you're going to have things that are going to go wrong, let alone introducing the video, you know, in, in the internet. I mean, just upload speeds on most people's home internet is not really good enough to no. be reliable for doing live streams. So that's first thing I would check out as somebody with a bit of a techie background is what is the upload speed, which by the way, you need at least 10 megs going up, preferably more like 15 or 20. And make sure yeah. that you don't have a kid down the hall in your household playing a video game, eating up all your Wi-Fi while you're trying to do the live stream. And there are those, uh, one of the ways of doing it is the Okla.net, right? Uh, which are uh, online um, video, uh, uh, internet speed calculators. Oh, so Right, yeah, speedtest.net is a good one, yeah. Right, and you can just see what those speeds are. You should also test it at different times of day because, yeah. you know, your neighborhood's going to be different. So, well, not, uh, not so much anymore. Used to be people got home from work and sucked all the bandwidth. Now everybody's working from home and sucking it all day long. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. There's there's another thing I, I didn't even think of. It's so bizarre. Uh, stuff keeps coming up like that. Yep. Um, but uh, so, so be aware. Keep looking at things as freshly as possible. Um, and say, is there another way of looking at this? Um, and to be able to do that, 
I'd say the highest level thing, the most important thing that you can do and develop a habit of while you're in these circumstances is breathe. You're not going to discover how to breathe in um, a high anxiety environment if you wait until you're in a high anxiety environment, a high tension environment, a high stakes environment. You're not going to be successful at it if you wait until you're in that environment to start asking yourself to change your breathing. And, and it's not just a good idea. Uh, again, this is something that's deeper, but um, uh, our body responds, our mind responds to our body. So when we learn how to control the level of our breath, we're literally signaling our brain that we can't possibly be in any danger because I'm not breathing like I'm in danger. So the brain stops or lessens how much it's acting as in danger. And that's not, gee, that's a good spiritual, good general thing to do. It is absolutely about innovation and creativity. When our mind is absorbed into the danger, we cannot have, we have a much more narrow view of feel. And only when we breathe can we open up and see the light of day and that's where your best ideas are going to come from is when you create the space to have a solution and i'll give you a perfect example probably everybody has something that they can say about f eh, i got this covered um right mm. like i got parking karma somebody will say or i have really good table seating karma at the restaurants or i had a friend who could always get the best room at a hotel uh do you have one of those michael no uh i can't say that i do yeah well a lot of people do uh i think a lot of people don't but but the thing is that when somebody says i got great parking karma more often than not they do because there's something that they've gotten chilled about and just have this sense of I'm going to work this out. I always work this out. And therefore, more often than not, not infallible, more often than not, they do. So I say, why be selective about those times? Let's do it. Okay? Now, um, so um, another thing when you're building your show and doing everything you're doing, pause often and ask yourself, and this has to be intentional, because you're not going to want to do it, even set an alarm on your watch. What will my audience be seeing? What will my audience be hearing? So you must keep moving back to that perspective. Not that you want to do that in fear, but you want to get in alignment with what you'd like your audience to see and what you'd like your audience to hear. Okay? Okay. So uh, all good so far? We all good? Uh, yeah. 
Oh, I'll I thought you were talking. It sounded it sound like you turned away from the phone. I thought you were talking like oh, you I had. Oh, I probably did. I'm sorry. I thought um, maybe you had somebody painting a bedroom or something, and you're asking, oh, how are you doing in there? <laughs> hey, uh, can you flush the toilet before you leave? <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to wash your hands. And don't forget to wash your hands. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had a cable guy come over unexpectedly, and, and I you know, felt like hiding under the table or whatever. All right. So let's start talking. Um, First of all, about streaming platforms. Now, everybody knows about Zoom, unless you've been living under a rock. Right. Um, and uh, this has not been a major adjustment for me because I'd say about 60%, maybe even more, of my coaching practice had uh, migrated online even prior to this all happening. And um, and so I've been using Zoom for about seven years. Um, but uh, anyway, so Zoom, for those of you who don't know, it's a, a an online meeting and streaming platform, mostly for meeting, though, uh, that has come into uh, massive favor, uh, outdistance Skype and everything else, because it's just so dang easy. So if you haven't tried it, go to zoom.us. And it's very inexpensive. If you even have to pay, you can play with free. Uh, I think I pay under $10 a month because I've had it for so long. Um, but it's it's great. It truly is. Everything's integrating with it these days. So if you want to do a very simple stream through a platform like that, you can. Um, let's talk about the most basic, which is you can just push hit, you know, hit stream uh, and go from your iPhone or your phone directly to Facebook. Yep. Um, it, it, it's an instantaneous thing. It takes no preparation except finding a few buttons. And uh, you know, if I had time, I'd give all the details of all these things, but there's not. So just know that you can pick up your iPhone, find out where the streaming button is on your Facebook, and just hit it, and you're off to the races. It's the easiest thing in the world. Um, that's down and dirty. Then you get into things like Zoom. Zoom is its own platform. However, they do have uh, things that you can select or click on in Zoom that will send your Zoom to Facebook Live or YouTube Live so you can also stream what you're doing through Zoom. Mm -hmm. It, go, it gets more and more complex after that. None of this is very complex, by the way, because everybody's got to do it. There's other things. There's uh, online platforms like StreamYard um, and a, a number of others that, that are browser-based. And they're very, very inexpensive. And you, know, you pay a monthly, and you can stream through those. Uh, there's also, um, I think, in video, I think may have that capability, uh, but there's such a number of them. Um, and then I think one of the favorites of people, and and what I use, is Ecamm Live. And Ecamm Live is uh, 
It's just a very solid, very user-friendly streaming uh, platform. It's not browser-based. It's a program you buy. And there is such a wealth of information, tutorials around about how to use it, that uh, you'd have to willfully close your eyes to everything out there not to be able to learn how to use it, even on a rudimentary basis. And there's also many user groups, Facebook, Live, Facebook groups that have tutorials about that. So Ecamm Live is definitely something to check out. And then there's the free streaming version, which can't uh, be left out, which is OBS, which is um, an open source streaming platform. So it's totally free and it's got a lot of really high level capabilities. So those are streaming platforms and, that you can go through. And if you need to understand more about what that means, a streaming platform, ask a question later on. Can so, I, I want to interject something, which is sure. I, I use Wirecast, which is... Oh, um, Wirecast, yeah. Yeah, that, e equivalent that. to OBS is free. It's open source and it's free. Uh, it remains a little bit complicated and there's a learning curve to it. Not that it's... And an pricey. What? No, no. I'm uh, Wirecast or OBS? I'm talking about OBS is free. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. OBS. Yeah. Yeah. OBS is free, but it's a little bit hard to learn. Wirecast, is, it's not that pricey, actually, but no. uh, um, it, it, it ain't free, but it is easier not to better. use. But um, the capabilities that all these things have is quite mind blowing. And frankly, I barely scratched the surface on what Wirecast can do. But basically, if you've got somebody who is knowledgeable and uses this stuff all the time to where it's muscle memory for them, um, you can broadcast things that look like network television with all the Absolutely. effects and the green screens and all that stuff. But Absolutely. really tough to be a guy like me who is the talent on the show, if you will, the host of the show, um, and also take care of the tech at the same time. So if you really want to get into it, you need somebody sitting next to you who's acting as your technical director. Absolutely. You, and, yeah. and you'd like not to be doing that. I yeah. encourage everybody, though, to put away your preconceived ideas and force yourself, even if you don't plan on doing it forever. Like, I'm learning how to code websites right now. Why? Do I want to be doing that? Do I think that's the best use of my time? No. But I'm tired of having a crashed website at 2 in the morning and can't find anybody to do anything about it. Right. So uh, I just want enough knowledge to be dangerous. But, <laughs> Michael, you're absolutely right. And let's talk into the creative, take a moment for some of the creative aspects of, of what you can do right now. Uh, I'm going to direct people to a number of different things that they can look at and see what's going on. So uh, uh, one of my favorites that is kind of way, uh, way out there, I don't necessarily think uh, you guys are going to do much of this, but they've got a thing called uh, Open Pit uh, Lava Palooza. I'd love to know how many people uh, are on on, on the audience uh, know about Lava Palooza and Open Pit. 
Uh, I'm waiting to see it. There's a little like a five second delay between the chat and the show. So sure. uh, I'll let you know as soon as they cough up. Give me plus ones if you're familiar with that. It's pretty out there. Okay, so I'm not taking yeah, that. Yeah, yeah we're not getting any response. <laughs> yeah. It's Minecraft. Okay. It's concerts in Minecraft. Interesting. And what's it called and, again? <laughs> it's called, well, the whole thing is Open Pit. And okay. uh, these people, the company is responsible for a tremendous amount of the virtual events going on in the world. For instance, Coachella, you know, among mm -hmm. other. Uh, so they're very, very legit and open pit is, uh, is concerts in Minecraft and literally just uh, uh, search Lava Palooza and you can see some. And what those concerts, I was watching it last night, range from if somebody has some kind of graphic that pulses with the music, mm -hmm. um, which, okay, you know, the music's very good. It's very edgy. It's a lot of EDM or things moving toward really alt stuff. Um, but in some of the better ones, they actually have gameplay going on. Um, and if you're a gamer, you love to do things like that simultaneously doing gameplay, which is kind of like scratching. <laughs> it becomes part of your being. So it's very cool. It's very niche, but that's happening. Then if you uh, look at, I guess I'm gonna get my stuff up here a little bit. Okay. Um, hang on. Let's make a little shift. Okay. Then you've got, uh, uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with So Far. Michael, do you know of it? No idea. Never heard of it. It's So Far, I think, what is it? Sounds.com. Um, I'm trying to go fast, so I'm not going to find everything. But just look up So Far Concerts, S-O-F-A-R, one word. And it's an organization they call it secret con virtual concerts, secret concerts, whatever. And uh, a, a couple of my clients have done them, and they're all over the world. And they're like little pods that uh, people are setting up virtual concert concerts. Now, they were attended, so I don't know how they're changing, but I imagine they haven't shut down and found some solution. Um, there's a thing that again isn't this is not a live stream but it is virtual concert which is if you go to um hang on a second i'll bring it up my computer <laughs> and and there you, and there you have the problem and there you have the what the problem, which is all the, you know, all these great platforms out there, but it comes down to bandwidth. It comes down to computers um, failing, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm scared to death that during the road rally that I'm gonna have an outage 
Um, they could be doing rolling uh, power outages like they're doing right now in Southern California because of the heat. It's doubtful that will happen no in November. Um, yeah, but you know, two years ago, right after the road rally, we had that major fire stuff going on and we had to bug out. So yeah, all that stuff keeps me up late at night. But I, well, I do a live stream every day and it's like 98% flawless. Right. That's right. And, and, and because, you know, I want to make sure I give as much stuff as possible, I, I want to take you to some things that solutions for that, which is you want to keep your uh, equipment just as top notch as you can. You want to reduce the, the opportunities for stuff to happen. And probably a lot of people out there saying, well, I don't have a this or I don't have a that. Well, one thing that you can look at, first of all, there's a whole range of equipment. I can give you a laundry list of different things to look at. Uh, for instance, cameras, we were talking about, you have your phone. Well, mm -hmm. then above that, uh, you have, or, or kind of in line like that, probably not as good as your phone, is Logitech Brio, which is a slightly um, up-end uh, a webcam of the C920 Logitech that so many people use. That's a and watching then, right now. I'm broadcasting on a Brio. Are you? There you yep. go. There you go. Brios are really excellent. Uh, they are price gouging a little bit right now because <laughs> because they, they can. Right? Yeah. Because they can. Um, but uh, and you'll find that some stuff is a little more scarce, but you can find it. But then um, the camera. Uh, and I can give you lots of alternatives. The camera that everyone um, is touting of the uh, streamers and YouTubers uh, as a little bit more high-end camera is the Canon M50. And I watch tons of comparison videos of gear. The M50 is the camera of choice, and it looks like they're about to come out with an M50 Mark two or something some designation like that and it's uh it can do I, I mean it's just a fantastic uh mirrorless camera that's like a real camera that you can use as your live streaming and your recording camera um and, and i really direct everybody to youtube you sh you should just be watching scads of what people are doing but um, uh, how much is the m50 the M50, um, again, it's kind of gone up a little bit, but you can find one for uh, $500 or max six, you know, um, if you want to just get the body without a lens. Uh, Walmart has them right now, and I think Target does also for $427. Um, how but, much, but a good lens is going to cost you another four or five hundred bucks. Well, it? I think the thing that everybody should be remembering is that ostensibly uh, you're going to have some monetary benefit from doing these things. And that goes to another important question, which is what is your strategy? Why are you doing this? And it's not just I want to do music. It's are you doing it as a lost leader? Are you doing it to build your audience? Are you doing it to sell merch? Are you, do, you know, are you doing benefits, which a lot of people are doing? I mean, I think you want to be really clear about what's your intention when you're setting up the concert, because it's it, you will most likely hit your goals if you have some, or you have a better chance of doing it. Absolutely. So, 
and, and, and won't you, Michael, wouldn't you say that you'd use different promotion tactics based upon your strategy, purpose? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that like doing a show that we're doing today is only going to appeal to the people that do live stuff. It's not going to appeal that much to people who are composers doing instrumental cues for reality TV. So, of course, you, you write the email to the audience you think will be your highest probability uh, viewers. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe one of those creative, innovative things is, you know, because you're absolutely right there are certain audiences that are not going to see that message for this is coming up. So what would make them want to come? And one of the things that people are very, um, I don't know if they're nervous about or afraid about or they're worried about the answer, but we don't ask enough. What would make you, Mr. Guy who composes film or reality TV shows, what would make it valuable for you to show up at my concert? Or maybe you find out from, from them and you try to tune it that way, or maybe it gives you a new idea about, wow, that's a really good idea to do something like that. It doesn't even end up appealing to them, but your other audience is thrilled by this new innovation. So, you know, you're right. It, it all boils down to the ultimate marketing question is the the marketer has to ask him or herself what's in it for me that's right. the that's the question that your viewers or wh whomever you're trying to sell to what's in it for me if you can answer that question you've got an audience absolutely absolutely um and anybody who says well my thing really doesn't lend its well don't do that because somebody's going to come along who's figured out a way to do your thing and, you know, become popular. So, think, you know. Um, I, I want to check in. I know I'm jumping around a bit because I'm trying to condense so much in here. But, uh, but can we find out from the listeners, all, all you wonderful listeners out there that I'm droning on to, can we find out if this is... Uh, making sense, being valuable. Do you want me to lean in a slightly different direction or should I keep on going? Cause I'm gonna- well, I, th I think they're somewhat anxious to hear about the stuff in the bullet point list about how long your concert should be, how many Great. songs, what okay. type of songs. Great, thank you. Okay. Keep on, keep on going with that. Yeah, uh, they wanna know the, the nuts and things. bolts. Yeah. Okay, nuts and bolts. All right, so um, first of all, one of the things that you mentioned is for your concert, have, have an assistant there, okay? Right. Um, decide what your show is gonna be about and then the structure. First thing I would say is watch a lot of virtual concerts and see in all the different types, and I'll give you a bunch if you want to look at, um, but uh, see what you respond to. Um, and uh, you know, nobody really, I think, gives much thought to that those of you who were around for MTV Unplugged, that was virtual concerts. Yeah. You know? And you would have given your left arm to get on MTV Live. You wouldn't have seen it as the, you know, poor stepchild, whatever. So one of the most important things is to watch these concerts and see what excites you. Because if you're not excited about creating it, 
then you're not going to do it. The other is look at their relative numbers because maybe that's a factor to you or not. What kind of concert draws more views? My, my feeling is you always want to leave them wanting more. And especially in a distractive app, distracted or potentially distracting app environment like their own home, where they can pull, be pulled away a lot, give them a lot of reason not to get pulled away. So, shorter, six songs, five songs. Um, you know, people are doing hour-long and longer concerts, like if you watch some of the big artists. Um, but I don't think that's a good idea unless you've got a pretty dedicated audience already. Right. Build your audience through shorter is better. And um, you don't want to leave them like, well, what did I bother showing up for? I made the time to sit down. So I think, depending upon the length of your songs, anywhere between five and seven is good. But those are not hard numbers. You've also got to think about this, which is what kind of variety have you written in your songs? So that makes a difference, too, in how many songs you're going to want to do. Because there are some very talented songwriters, and Michael, you know these two, who write some very good songs, but one thing they haven't broken through on yet is a lot of variety in the feel of their songs. Um, right. So you can be writing great songs, but if they're droning on and there's no change, you know, you like to talk about Brokaw's uh, zone or... Uh, uh, Brokaw's area, right, above the ear. Right, it's got to be something that makes it notable. <clears throat> Brokaw's area is a part of your brain right above the ear that notices when something's different and makes it stick in your brain. Right, right. So you've got to be very attuned to that. Do you have those songs? Do you have a wide variety of uh, song tempos, uh, kind of up, kind of dark? It, it, you know, what kind of a show you can put together has a lot to depend upon the journey you can take an audience through. And song order is very important on that level. You usually don't want to hit them with your absolute best song coming out of the gate. You want to do a good song. It's got a decent uh, kind of tempo to it. Get them going. Let them know something's going to be happening. And it's not going to be boring. Um, so, but you don't want to take them up to the heights or you know start out slogging through mud. And uh, the whole dating idea uh, is a good thing to think about. <laughs> that, that as the metaphor where is the first song is like the casual date you know hey yeah i'm a good guy i'm a good gal yeah nice to meet you you don't want to ask somebody to marry you like although some some of those times have worked out but on the first date right so so give them something nice and uppish then you might do another one sort of in that area maybe but it definitely doesn't feel the same has a little bit maybe different mood but still isn't super high or super low so that's kind of how you want to come out the gate and then you can uh if you've done things well you can take the leisure to drop it down 
Now, remember, none of these are hard and fast rules. These are just things I've seen work time and time again. Drop it down and bring them closer to your heart where where they get to feel in and drop into their feelings and, and have a sense of uh, uh, experience of authenticity where they're moved and and now you've drawn them in. It's like whispering to somebody. You know, they got to lean over to hear what you're saying so they're more attentive and the pin drop thing starts so so that's usually a good place to go there uh i wouldn't say go super depressing <laughs> but drop it down a little bit more healing wise then after one two of those again it depends on how long your set's going to be then you kick it up start contrast into super high gear and you cut loose. And I, I, can I uh, ask a question? Um, when you watch an Eagles concert, they are masters of putting on concerts. Um, their set lists are so perfectly crafted. But we all know them. We all know the songs. They know that the audience wants to hear the hits. And you can feel it when, uh, when they bring out a song you know, that, that's not one of the hits that one of them recently wrote or something that was on an obscure album that they put out four years ago, obscure in, you know, in the sense that the Eagles did it and it didn't sell 12 million copies. Uh, but they're a known quotient with hits. And presumably we're mostly talking about people who don't have a big following, who don't have hits and people aren't familiar with the material. So yeah, I think what it's you're saying- It's a very good makes, question. Yeah, it makes great sense then, doesn't it, to lead off with something that's engaging, um, not cerebral. Don't lead off a cerebral. Should they lead off no. with something that's a toe tapper? Yes. Okay. Yes, and one thing that I see constantly is people who write thoughtful songs, and they're not overly thoughtful. They're good thoughtful. And <laughs> then I give them the assignments. Okay, now I want you to write one toe tapper. You can hate it while you're writing it, <laughs> but write it. Just get it done. And they do. And usually it's fabulous. And usually everybody tells them how wonderful it is, but they hate playing it. <laughs> and right. Get used to it. Because, you know, if you're interested just in self-expression, super. Then you can do whatever you want to do. You know Bill Perrain? No. Uh, oh, he's a songwriting guy. Uh, he said, talked about people's lyrics. Uh, are, are you there to express yourself or to communicate? So he made the difference. If you want to express yourself, then you can write anything you want to in the lyrics. But if you're there to engage an audience, you need to make sure that you're communicating to them. And that doesn't mean pandering. It means whatever your special sauce is that pulls them in. You're going to have something. You may not have discovered it yet, but you're going to have something. So, so I highly recommend to really go against the grain of the types of songs you write, if nothing else, just as an experience to break through and open up the playing field and your creativity to do something else. And you never know what you could end up with. But I'll tell you a very perfect example. Um, somebody who actually came to work with me after seeing me at the past road rally hmm. and uh, that tells you uh, we've been working together for quite a while and um, and he never 
thought he, he wrote music, he's he, good musician, he recorded, but he never thought of himself as a singer like I, I should have my uh, voice front and center, you know, so he was always doing duets in the background, and, you know, I worked him over thoroughly, as I tend to do, yes, and did. Uh, mm-hmm. he knew that he needed to be, and uh, he's made tremendous progress, and we've been working on a lot of things about his concept about himself as an artist and finding what's true for him and everything and so he uh said can you put on a set of headphones for this and i said sure and i put it on the other day uh this was just two days ago and he plays me this song and i i i wouldn't have known it was him if if i didn't know it was him the song is wonderful his voice is wonderful on it, and it's as a result of breaking through on, um, y- you know, risk, risk, risk. And the thing that I think is important, getting back to your question, Michael, is that there was something about it that sounded like a hit. Mm. So what I want to say is if you write a good song, you're going to engage people whether it's a new song or whether it's tried and true and of course i'd be hallucinating if i didn't uh if i ignored the familiarity thing but but yet why did those songs end up becoming familiar there had to be something in them that got them to be played enough to become that mostly tempo and melody um and you know obviously lyrics are, are meaningful but maybe more so meaningful you know in a thoughtful ballad so yep. what about somebody that doesn't have hit songs should they consider doing some covers or all covers yes you should absolutely to- consider doing some covers put a different spin on it and uh, i wish i had more time because i could give you a lot of examples of that that i've heard drastically different spins that are great so do a different spin on a cover don't just do uh, another cover sounding like the cover right. um, but also you don't have to have hit songs you have to have songs you want to have songs that are meaningful that reach people um, they don't have to be super hits like uh, Modest Mouse I read a great article about them years ago and said they had a great career for 10 years touring and making good money and not one hit and when they got hit, yeah, things kind of blew up, but they were doing fine. And there's countless people like that who do fine, who, who run their band like a good business. So, so, so I would say um, another thing that you can do is sit and play your songs for a number of people you trust and have them rate your songs. Um, uh, on a scale yeah. uh, to, and, and let them know why they're rating it what they're rating it for that's right that's right and maybe you have 30 songs so prevail upon them to go through two or three listening sessions I do that all the time um, and you keep good notes and uh, you start seeing patterns of things that people respond to and that just is so important um, so so Choice of songs are really important because you are there to engage people. So again, I would always err on the side 
of shorter rather than longer because then say well if you guys love that let me know and i'll do another concert and then they'll invite their friend you know um so so that's very important okay how about uh, let's uh, we've only got 15 actually 14 minutes left i want to cover these other bullet points uh, sure. how, mu how much banter should there be i've seen some shows where the performers, and these are people I know, so I can't be totally objective because I like them as people and I think that they're great songwriters, but the banter between the songs I don't find to be particularly engaging. Do you have any kind of general advice on... Yes, I do. And how, fact, how much banter and what kind of banter? Well, you know, um, it varies. Like, I'll show you this, something that kind of make it is sort of like what um but it's very interesting i don't know if you know who luke combs is sure yeah okay um he started doing lives and it's it's rather fascinating to look at which will take the pressure off but on march 17 2020 he did his first live live stream and it has to date 1,343,688 views. He's got 1.8 million subscribers. Um, so his banter just full on sucks. Hmm. He's making excuses. He's, I, I mean, watch it. There's no reason he would have, there's, there's no, not one single purpose behind the things he said. Now it's human and I don't criticize him for it, but what's interesting is he can do that poorly and have over 1 million views. So what does that say? It says it's the music. It's also he's got um, an engaging personality, even when he's self-effacing. But he would have had more if he had more presence while doing it. He didn't have to lose the stuff I said that was positive to have more banter. And... Uh, and then, you know, it goes on. Um, but I think you should stretch because you are, I mean, you can just do like Ray La Montaigne, which if you've ever seen in concert, finishes a song and goes, thank you. <laughs> and that's really the sum total of it, this whole concert. Um, I understand he has terrible stage fright, but I think it's a really good time to stretch because you are wanting to engage people in a different way. And they've done a study which shows that over, you know, people think virtual being cold, but the studies show that oxytocin, which is the closeness hormone, is secreted in the same way virtually when people are skilled and engaging as it is in person. So it does not have to be, um, you know, that it's distant. So this is an opportunity to do that because compare it to when you're in a large venue or even a small large venue, there's a broader kind of feel to people, which of course feels good, but it feels intimate even when you're streaming to a million people. It still can feel one-on-one -on -one between you and the individual listening. So it's an opportunity to really get more personal and engaged. Now. What I would really suggest everybody do is watch a lot of the um, uh, gamers who do uh, Let's Plays on, um, on YouTube. 
Yeah. Uh, they are geniuses on banter. And uh, uh, one guy who I have watched a lot, he, uh, he one day he played a number of his uh, first streams and he was like, well, you move over here. Let's see. Okay, so he's like that. Now you listen to him. He is he's amazing. He's like, you know, Robin Williams practically, but no, not like that, but he's just so engaging and he knows how to repeat and you find things that you can say, um, like rephrasing things a lot. That's, that's a really good, good technique. I mean, we're looking for good techniques all the time. We don't want to sit there and be boring. So what we try to do is we try to find things that we can do that we can keep evolving. And, you know, you can say, many, many times the exact same way, but it gives you stuff to say, it gives you words to come out of your mouth, and it keeps the thing going, even though you may be saying nothing different. Do you see how I just did that? Yeah, well, they, they, people want to feel like there's a connection. And, and right. yeah, the best concert experience is when the guy or gal on stage is talking to you and you feel like they're talking to only you in the audience. Somebody brought up a great point a couple of months ago. I was watching somebody's video on YouTube about doing um, great shows, uh, doing great live streams. And they said there's a, a big difference between a live stream and a concert. And the yep. difference is you pay a hundred bucks to go to a concert, you're not leaving, even if it's mediocre. If you're watching a free live stream and it's mediocre, you can just go to another live stream or turn on your TV or watch another YouTube. So it's very easy to disengage. So you have to work harder to be engaging. Yes, you do. And though I'm showing an up way of doing it, that's not always what it has to be. It has to be engaging. So for instance, our mutual dear friend, Bria McCavish, mm -hmm. um, she has got a very unique sense of humor it's she's got a kind of dry wit and um it's not you know way big and up and all that but you're constantly listening to what's the next clever possibly slightly snarky thing that she's gonna say right you know right yeah yeah she yeah. definitely has she's got um her father's sense of humor. I know her father very well, yes. and she definitely got that. Maybe it's um, the the Canada hail or the family hails from Canada. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, that. Yeah, maybe it's Canadian. It it could be. It could be. Um, so so it doesn't always have to be up and fast talking. It's got to be meaningful and engaging, and you have to be in alignment with yourself, and you have to be able to differentiate between pushing yourself to try new things and the idea of being out of alignment. Anytime you try something that was going to feel uncomfortable, do it anyways. Do it in one of the many rehearsals you're going to do before you actually hit uh, broadcast. You know, run your show two, three, four times, right? Here's another thing you can do to be engaging. Um, bring somebody on I mean even if it's the person like uh, uh, one of my clients who actually he's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working with a guy building his uh, his let's play stuff his streaming stuff on Twitch you know, yeah. so he's not a musician um, so uh, we're working on how he talks and what his 
uh, you know, ideas about where to go and things to elaborate on, places where he doesn't feel stuck. So I give a lot of ideas about things that engage you and you believe in, so you want to talk about it, and therefore it reaches the audience. But he has a sister who helps him with stuff to show up every once in a while. Well, it's so refreshing. Even if it's just a little peek in, you wouldn't believe the uh, the, the thing that goes on, the energy. Um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that little peek in, and we really got, we've only got six minutes left. We got to hit some of these other bullet points. Um, but- Go, um, take me away. I, I spent the entire COVID-19 uh, quarantine, you know, we do the quarantini happy hour Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I, I've talked about the gophers in my backyard extensively. I've talked about fishing trips and people seem to pay, uh, they feel a connection with me because they've had gophers or they like to go fishing. It's just one human being connecting with others. So there's Correct. definitely, you can connect with people, but you Absolutely. have to fish around to find out what it is that lights them up. And um, that's one of the things I, I coach a lot of people on what to do in between the songs. And one of the things, one of the most important things is to find out what's going on in their life. Because it's not always about talking about the song you. and why you wrote it and all that. It's anecdotes about you. And yep. very frequently it circles back around into something completely apropos. But you need to start saying, what's going on in my life? What's my family like? What, you know, I mean, get your source material out there. Don't just rack your brains. What do I say about this song? Right. Yeah. So take me through more bullet points. Help me out. Uh, yeah, let's talk about, we've got, let's see, lighting, camera blocking your shots, what you should do about makeup, wardrobe, um, audio. Wardrobe, uh, well, here's two, two things. One, wardrobe, think about your background, okay? Right. So, uh, and you should think about your background when you're setting up your screen. You wanna make sure it's, you know, not a dirty kitchen, unless that's what you wanna communicate. Um, so, so be conscious of the background. Be conscious of the lighting. You can use a very simple ring light. They're incredibly inexpensive. I've got one. Um, it, it was like a hundred bucks and you can change the color temperature on it. You can change the uh, the level of lighting. I'm sitting six feet from one right now and notice everybody how one side of my face is a little more lit than the other so I don't look like a pancake with dots on it. Right, exactly. And, and so there, there, there's, uh, infinite amounts of different things you can do with that. One thing that's very, very important that everybody will say is sound is more important than visual. If you're gonna leave something a little less to get something a little more, your sound is the most important. So uh, why that is, I'm gonna go into more psychological studies and, and do more research on it, but you know, and I have my theories and some ideas, but it just is, you, we'll, we'll tolerate less um, visual, beauty as long as the sound is different like going back to Luke uh, Luke Combs um, he had pretty good sound but there was a lot of ambient uh, reflections going on and it diminished the quality for me because it also makes me say this guy's got so much dough what what, <laughs> what are you doing you know right. what's he thinking or not thinking okay um, so uh, that's a very very key thing 
it's probably one of the most key things that can be said. Um, and the choices of microphones can go everything from a lav mic, um, which I did a video um, six months ago, and uh, I haven't done one in a long time, and I moved, so I didn't know where everything was, so I just plugged a lav directly into my iPhone, and I even had to stand close enough and then button the lower buttons of my shirt. Right. <laughs> the cable wasn't long enough. And how many comments I got of knowledgeable people, technical people, who said, how did you get that great sound? What did you do? It's and, very analogous to not using the built-in microphone in your laptop. Uh, or you using not. Yeah, or using the built-in microphone even like, you know, in a, a Brio camera or something. Even though right. those microphones are good, my camera is four feet from my face right now, and it would sound like it, whereas I'm using this Audio-Technica, which is, you know, $100, $200, uh, yeah, prob probably $150 mic, I'm guessing. Um, and it's a USB mic, and it's about two and a half feet from my face and probably sounds way better than the right. microphone that would be four feet from me because I'd be picking up a lot more room. And you might not, you, 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 you do not want to use the uh, microphone on even a better camera, even on a high-end camera. Right. The, 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 they're, just, they're just not going to give you a good result. You need some kind of something, even like a $30, $20 lav mic that's wired, and you can get extensions on them. Or there are some low-cost video mics also that you can use. Rode makes them. Um, so look at the Rode stuff. Uh, there's just count, uh, countless inexpensive choices. Uh, USB mics, which are very inexpensive. Um, so, and the options are growing because everybody's got to do this. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, let's we, talk. Uh, we haven't talked about camera angles and makeup yet. Those are a couple that I, I okay. and we've only we're actually out of time, but I'll give you another five minutes if you could talk about those. Okay, and then we were going to talk about that other thing real quickly. You were mentioning, yeah. okay? Uh, um, yes. Yeah, so camera angles is this again? Experiment because everybody looks different. So one person is going to look brilliant straight on. And another person is going to look a little brilliant if you're angled a little to the left or a little to the right. So, um, and sometimes it's very inexpensive. There's very inexpensive uh, 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 camera shifting, like Switcher Studio and and uh, things of that nature that are like a director sitting there and can change um, the angle the camera that's shooting so if you have your helper there they can change up the shots and literally you can use an old iphone as your second camera it really doesn't matter anything will work so you want to test uh some people uh like to shoot from above it gives them a better look and again you want to ask trusted people because you know my opinion of myself on video is not of the highest so i'm usually gonna you know though i've learned to be more uh, clinical about it i still want to ask people what their thing is i think a side angle where you're not looking into camera 
is a very, very useful angle at, uh, at many moments when you're doing a reflective song and where you want it not to feel like you're boring into the people's heads. Remember that people feel uncomfortable being stared at for long periods of time. So you don't want to emulate that on a stream. Um, so back and forth. Um, uh, but definitely there are some moments where looking straight into the camera can be incredibly effective. But you usually want to have some kind of angle, a little bit of an angle. Um, and if you can, uh, go back and forth between a wide shot and a closer in shot. Uh, well, that takes a, a, a technical director and two cameras, which is completely doable with things like Wirecast, but you're going to need a, a second person. Although nobody's come out that I'm aware of, like a, a pedal board, uh, you know, that a guitar player would have, where you could switch your video shots by tapping things with your toes. That would be awesome. I believe there are things like that, and, um, and, and possibly even Stream Deck which is a right. hardware thing. I've got that. Also, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. But I just think it's really possible and, and, and worthwhile um, to be able to use more than one angle if you can. If you can't, if you have to have a static angle, I would not necessarily do it straight on, though that can work. Um, but if you do it straight on, which is just fine, make sure that you're angling different ways for different songs and different moves. Um, right. so, so a lot of people are really going, going to say, you know, really all I've got is bandwidth for emotionally is that static center angle. That is just fine. Just make sure you use some variation um, in how you angle yourself toward the camera. Now, you will see people just do the same thing and sit there. Uh, like I'm I, doing right now. Well, <laughs> but see, I, I can't do the side angle because my nose is too big. So I straight on hides the fact. <laughs> no, but okay. I... I I completely agree with you. Look, nothing worse than watching somebody on the news that's being uh, zoomed in on, you know, as a talking head on a news broadcast, and they're sitting at home two feet from a wall that's behind them with nothing going on in the wall, and and they just sit there and stare right up at the thing, and the camera's sitting on a table with the, the um, lens of the camera looking at their nostril hairs and their popcorn ceiling. Right, like, right. It's, it's, there's no, no excuse for that. I mean, it just takes... My place is a mess. I'll give you an example. My place is a mess right now for various reasons. But um, somebody just shot about a 20-minute little kind of documentary on me and my work. And what they did is this company, they package all the gear, they send it to you through UPS or Federal Express, you unpack it, Mm. While you're on the phone with them, you set up the gear, which is three iPhone 11s. And I put a bunch, I, I bought, went to the market, bought a few plants, put them at various things, cleaned out one area that looked like I was, uh, you know, a high-end person, um, and positioned everything to that in the right chair. And 
they operated remotely from Cam Canada with one of those switcher things. Wow. Yeah. So really, I, like, they use like Stream Deck or something remotely. Yeah, but it's a different. It's, it's a totally different uh, um, platform, but that kind of thing. Yeah. They operated the whole thing remotely, and it wow. was even an interview. So, um, uh, you know, I could go on with more detail about it, but let's put it this way. The possibilities are endless. And if you have a friend who can use Switcher Studio and they're not even with you, you know, they can ha handle changing those angles remotely. That's great advice. Uh, we are out of time and... Uh, but why why haven't you taught this um, as a class? I mean, you're teaching stuff that people need to know. Why don't you have you thought about doing it as a class online? Well, as a matter of fact, Michael, I've wanted to for a very long time. Why haven't and you done it? I I I just I, I've been thinking a lot about it lately, and I just haven't launched. But this really doing this really kind of got me all heated up because you know it's wonderful to be able to have both the knowledge of being able to mount and stage a show you know i staged a, a guy for his whole show opening for bon jovi um last year and that was really great so having all that the technical stuff but also knowing i i, I know all the technical aspects and i want right. to I, I want to, for the people I work with, I want them to know it's possible for them, and I want to be able to help them break through the obstacles to getting their talent seen by people. And we didn't even go over the promotional aspects. No. Which... Um, you know what? Why don't I have you back uh, later in the week for one of the quarantine happy hours? Super. Uh, so we can spend another hour together because i feel like there's a lot of stuff we haven't done and people in the chat room are saying gee you should have them do a road rally thing well of course you know you do a road rally thing every year um and, and this year will be no different as i mentioned on the phone to you i'm going to do um not only the road rally but the road rally prequels where i'm going to take the, the breakout classes and take like the 10 of the more popular presenters and have them do hour-long presentations in the days leading up to the road rally. Oh, wow, um, that's a great idea. So, yeah, I'm thinking if you were to do this class, you could break it up into, you know, 10 different modules. You could do an entire hour on lighting and makeup and wardrobe. You could do Absolutely. an entire and hour. And on the structure of your show, you know, putting your show together. Yeah, all Working this on stuff. your banter, you know. All, all right, well. Well, well I, I mean, I'd be curious. I really want to gauge interest. Uh, um, for those who are still with us, um, I don't know how many are, but it, uh, what? Yeah, most of the audience is here. Uh, yeah, how many? Give me a plus one in the chat room if you guys think that Stephen should do a, a class. Is that the question, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Would would some, I mean I'll come back still for uh, for your uh, quarantine, but to do a, a more thorough class where I help people work through and build their show, do their technical aspects. Uh, I, who would be interested in that? You know, would people be interested in, in that? I'm getting a lot of plus one showing up in the chat room. So there's a lot of interest. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Why don't you, uh, can I give my email address? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Um, uh, my email address is Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, 
Oh, you got it in the promo at stephenmemmel.com. Stephen at stephenmemmel.com. And if you'd like to uh, hear about it and possibly be part of a, of the beta class, the <laughs> class that shapes the whole thing, uh, let me know if that's something that would interest you, and I will get in touch with you, and we'll talk about it. And we do it soon. Uh, we, we, you know what? Let's you and I... Can you come back next Monday for regular taxi TV instead of the quarantine thing? Only because yes. I've got some workers coming out to the house this week and I may have to take one day off and I don't want to have to bounce you. So, no all right, problem. let's let's firm that up. And okay. and next week, let's hold ourselves to an hour of information, and leave a whole half hour open so that, so that they can ask some questions in the chat. All right. That's great. And I'd say also, please, even if you're not interested in the class, if uh, if you just want to say, hey, I want to come back next Monday, could you talk more about this? Let me know. Absolutely. Uh, um, if they could post that in the comments after the archive of this video great. is up. And Stephen, if you would be so kind, you mentioned early in the show some resources. Could you go into the comments under this video oh, yes. once the archive is up and post some of those? And feel free to put your um, your website up there again. And uh, we'll be I will be happy to do that. I will talk to you next Monday at, at even more length than today. I look forward to that. You too. And there's the band, so it's time to go. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> there's the audience. They love you. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Steve. Uh, I will see you in a week. Thanks so much for doing this, man. It's really fascinating. And Great, Michael. My pleasure. Always, always enjoy. I'll talk to right. you later. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.